Rebel City Podcast. This week's guest is Leah Luna Light Warrior. She is an author of book How to Be a Fucking Unicorn. She has got palpable energy. We had a nice discussion about her trip to New York, um, coming home, dealing with old wounds, living your best life, and generally not giving a fuck about what people think. So uh, I hope you enjoy the podcast. Thanks for listening. Um, I've got to try something a wee bit different. This week's podcast is going to be sponsored by Goal Setting. So instead of getting a sponsor in that's going to give us money to fund the podcast, since it doesn't cost us any money, um, I'm going to sponsor every week's podcast with a positive mindset or something that might help you with your mental health so this is the first one since the new year and i think it's probably an adequate time and an appropriate time to set some goals so long-term goal setting set your goals for the year but make sure that you set some short-term goals whether that be daily weekly monthly just make sure that you're setting yourself some goals so that you don't stand still and become static i spent far too long just coasting through life with absolutely no purpose no direction and I, i'm a massive advocate for goal setting so 2018 goals hmm what are we going to do well i'm going to move up a belt in martial arts i, I practice three martial arts and i want to move up a belt in each one of them Um, i want to do my best at work and i've got a set we plan for being a better person at work and interact with the public quite a lot and um one of my goals is to leave a good impression uh, with anybody that um, comes into my shop. So that's just some examples of some some goals that I've set myself. Um, I've got some other goals that I'm just going to keep to myself, but I uh, encourage anybody listening to the podcast, please have long-term and short-term goals. Um, and so we'll just move on to the show with Leah, and I hope you enjoy. Thanks for listening. <laughs> So, hello Leah. Hi. How's it going? So good. Thank you for having me, first of all. Well, I was like, going to say. Thank you for inviting me along. Like, it's no a blessing problem. to be it's here. Good to have you. Thank you. Welcome to Rebel City Podcast. Where, um, what would this be? This will be episode 17 or 18. So nice. We're quite new. Um, so, you've just recently come back for some adventures in New York. Yes. And we were talking off camera that you were saying that you were struggling to. It was like a sort of coming back down to earth type thing, coming back to Glasgow. Yeah, not even that. I mean, I have heard a lot of people say like when I came back from New York, oh, it's back to reality then as in, oh, <laughs> back to your miserable life. And I'm like, I actually don't have a miserable life because I know that life is a, am I allowed to swear in here? Uh, <laughs> life is a fucking blessing. Every single day is a blessing, no matter where you are. Um, You know, like it's precious. We're only here for a temporary amount of time. So, yeah. you know, I'm not going to let... Um coming back um geography yeah i'm not gonna let geography determine my happiness like things outside of me determine my happiness that you know that's what i did before like waited for my happiness and and it's kind of like you look forward to going on vacation and you're so happy for two weeks on vacation then you come back home and it's back to reality back to miserable and i'm not fucking miserable but the only reason i come back here and feel this heavy pain is because you know my life up till now has been in Glasgow and in Glasgow I am first of all so grateful for this place like I have no hatred for this place or anything like that I'm so grateful because it's made me who I am because you know I've had to build a lot of strength being here um I've never felt like I could be myself here fully I've always tried to fit in Mm -hmm. you know I was bullied in school by teachers and students um just a lot of my past is here my mom went through domestic violence like Everything here has been so painful, to be honest with you, but it, it's, it's built me up for being uh, me. And, you know, I'm proud of myself for getting out the other side. But sometimes, you know, when I come back here, especially from New York, a place where that is my home, like that's where I feel like I belong. And I'm mm-hmm. just like so at peace and, and feel belonging and acceptance and just like all my friends are there, my social life's there. Okay. Um. So, yeah, when I come back, it's like, the pain kind of comes back up, but I just trust in the universe. I know that where I'm meant to be is exactly where I'm meant to be. And I know that I belong in New York, but I know that I belong here right now for whatever reason that may be. I just take each day as it comes. And like I said, the healing that's coming up, that just shows me that I'm meant to be here because it's so painful that I'm like, okay, Leah, what are you still holding on to from your childhood? Why are you still feeling this way? And I'll kind of, you know, trace it back to something. Be like, why am I feeling? What's causing that? And it mostly comes back to what other people think of me. So that's been... 
the biggest thing to heal within myself and also the thing I'm most thankful for because I think that's the thing that frees you to actually live in your life you know I think caring what people think it happens to I think all of us like you know at one point in our life yeah. we have cared what someone thought and that's because as human beings like we are love and we want love and acceptance from other people like I would fucking love it if everyone in the world loved me, but it's not going to happen. Not for anyone, not for Nelson Mandela, for Jimi Hendrix, not for anyone. Like, no matter how perfect you are, someone's going to say they're too perfect. Who the hell do they think Mm -hmm. they are? So it's like, you may as well just be yourself. Exactly. Do you think that when you spend a lot of time in Glasgow, clear my throat, (laughs) uh, a lot of time in Glasgow, and then you get that, um, you go away to New York where you clearly feel like you said it's your home right. and then you come back do you think and then you get these feelings do you think that when you're here you hit almost like a sort of healing plateau where almost you're not aware of what's going on in the background and then you get that escape um, to somewhere where you clearly feel comfortable and you can be yourself and then when you come back these things come back up mm. do you think that it's almost like your awareness just sort of drifts while you're here and then you get the escape and then you come back and it becomes apparent? Um, I don't think that. I just think more so like they are, um, I mean, I do have some past there. It's been a big part of my spiritual mm-hmm. journey. And even when I'm there, there's still things to heal because of that. Um, like you've probably read in my book so far, like my spiritual journey really started in New York from a guy that I met there. And every time I went by, I still had um, healing to do with that. Um, so I still feel pain when I'm in New York as well. It's just, it's just part of being a human being. Um, but I have none of my like childhood past in New York. Like my childhood connection with New York was fantasizing about it and feeling like that's where I'm meant to be. Like, I mean, Mm. as a kid, like I watched like Britney Spears and Mary Kate and Ashley and like all these famous people or whatever. And, and it's not so much about being famous. It's like, I just knew that was my purpose. I've always known that I'm meant to be a performer. And I've always known that I'm meant to be in New York as well. I've always felt connected. Even as a kid, I would put on an American accent and I would say that I was American. It's just a connection for me. So it's like, when I go there, it's like, I can fully be me and I can be like my biggest, greatest self and take up space there and be unapologetically like... So for example, right, I really noticed the difference. Like when I'm walking around New York, you know, people will say like, I love your hair, I love your boots or it be so much love and resonance and us mm-hmm. bouncing off each other and just giving compliments and high spirits. And, you know, not many people look at me like I'm a freak there. Whereas when I come here, like I went into Glasgow the other day and that was the first time in Glasgow for, you know, six weeks that I've been in New York and been used to the way people react to yeah. me here coming back here and people are like staring at me pointing at me laughing at me mm-hmm. and you know that doesn't bother me anymore but it may really made me like damn and I think you know what I feel is it's like if you shine here it's like who the hell does she think she is mm-hmm. she's getting too big for her boots yeah. that's the kind of the Scottish mentality and I really want to like change that because we are all fucking great it's not just me prancing about my cowboy boots like I'm better than all of you is absolutely not no. I know that the only way that I can inspire the greatness in other people who aren't other people who are one with me is by being the greatest me because then that'll remind them of the greatness within themselves or it'll fucking piss them off which is you know something to do with them and not me like if someone's reacting badly to me or anything like that I don't take it personally because I know that they probably wish that they could you know dye their hair green and walk about like do you know what I mean like so that bothers them so you know that's why I'm so determined to just keep shining while I'm here not allow myself to play small because it is the temptation of hiding in my house and playing small because when I was a kid you know when I wanted to to be great and be like singing in the playground and stuff I'd be like who does she think she is and I wasn't thinking I was better than yeah. anyone else I was just sharing my gift and h- hoping that other people would do the same but it's just not worked out that way so far yeah. so it's like when I come here it's like I almost feel that temptation of just like being so small because mm-hmm. it's like I won't bother people and I'm like no I I want to bother mm. people because that's the only way I'm going to help them. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's something that kind of resonates with me. I've, I've been quite fortunate in my adult life not to have too many concerns about what other people think about me. And that can be quite jarring for some people because, yeah. and I think you kind of nailed it, where people look at you and you're being unapologetically you, whether that right. be, you know, in, in whatever circumstance it happens to be. I think it brings out something in them that somebody thinks to themselves, well, 
I want to be like that, and I'm right. no. And I think that's where the resentment and the judgment comes from. And I, I, I definitely kind of see that when we talk about you know Scottish mentalities and stuff mm-hmm. like that. You know what I mean? I like, think it's Scottish or British. I think British. I think, yeah. I, think it's a, I think it's a British mentality. I think in, in the UK we've got a really, I mean, we see it in our tabloid journalism where anybody that does anything that is either outside the norm. Right. I don't know what's going on with my throat. <clears throat> I better not be getting your call. Or um, actually achieving something, we want to just destroy them. Yeah, look right. at Raheem Sterling this week. So international footballer, young black man, says he was subject to massive racist abuse and you've got guys white guys middle-aged Piers Morgan millionaire telling mm-hmm. them come on and we'll debate it and you're like wow. what do you mean you'll debate him like what, what what valid points do no. you have that will negate you know this boy's experience of racism as a white rich man you know what I mean mm-hmm. like, yeah um but I that's that boy saying this is I can't take this anywhere I need to speak out I need to talk about this and we've got that well who do you think you are? You're just wow. a footballer, like mm-hmm. Simmerdon, you know what I mean? And maybe a, a different scenario, but I think a yeah. similar thing, yeah. you know what right. I mean? Looking at, I mean, I, <clears throat> I follow you on Instagram and thank you. I'll, link, <laughs> I'll link your social media and stuff down uh, below. I think that looking at <clears throat> your time in New York, it actually shifted a bit of perspective for me. I've been a subscriber that uh, cities don't work, that we live on top of each other. Is just a sort of bad way that like humans should right. be have a wee bit more room, a wee bit more spaced out. Yeah. And listening to you speak about sort of New York, because I would have expected New York to be exactly that, especially Manhattan. Right. Exactly that. It's just like people are angry. They, you know, like they they, they don't feel safe because mm-hmm. they're in this sort of city setting and they don't yeah. know anybody. But I think, well, like I said, the shift has came for me that I think that you. You, if you feel like that, it might not just be the city setting. It might just be that you're in the wrong city, right? Or that you don't feel at home where yeah. <clears throat> a lot of us are forced to live, right? Due to economics and work and yeah. these different things. I mean, if you look at LA, for example, the, the, I love LA, but I think as a place, it's mm. kind of toxic. Right. It's got this horrible toxic. There is vibe. a different energy in LA to New York. I must mm-hmm. admit, there is. Yeah, and I think that's where that idea for me had come up that mm. we shouldn't be living in cities, that we should be right. more... Well, I'm the opposite. I love big cities like Toronto, I love London, like love obviously Glasgow, you know what I mean? Like, I, like, mm-hmm. I like... It's the hustle and bustle, the pure energy, it does it for me. Mm-hmm. Well, it's sorry to interrupt you, but I used to be like, right, so before my spiritual awakening, mm-hmm. I was such a city girl. Like, I just want to be in the city, totally different way than now, but I want to be in the city, going shopping, <laughs> doing all this stuff that's like kind of force fed to us in the media and stuff like that, that I thought made you cool or whatever. Um, and then when I had my, sp- I hated nature, by the way, absolutely hated it. My mum would drag me out of my bed to go walks and stuff. Mm-hmm. So then I had my spiritual awakening and I would say, um, yeah, last year, 2017 was when I really found myself within nature and, um, really connected and, and, and found who I am as part of nature. And then I started to have this resi- resistance towards cities, which made me like, oh my God, my beloved New York, am I not going to love it there anymore? So I went back in May um after I wrote my book and everything and it was like my first time back for a while and I kind of didn't like it at first because okay. I was in that mindset of humans belong in nature like this is because that's what I'd experienced and I was mm-hmm. in a totally different mindset whereas this time when I went back to New York um I've kind of found m- my middle ground between being you know knowing that I'm from this star system and also being a human being right now on earth and being part of society. I kind of took myself away from society all of last year, really isolated myself, but then it got really hard to like come into town and stuff like that to Mm -hmm. even come in and get paints because I would be so anxious. I'd just wish I was in the forest. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, like I've really evolved as a human being to be able to love and embrace both the city and nature. because you know when I when I found that connection to nature I was so against cities and I was just like no we need to bring the earth back Mm -hmm. to the way that it's meant to be and stuff Mm -hmm. but it's like I can actually just find what I love about it and you know what I love about New York because it's like it's so creatively free there's so many opportunities like you know I'm singing out there and I'm singing in the place where Jimi Hendrix was discovered like you know what I mean like that's magic like Um, and like I said, just walking the street and feeling more accepting and, and being able to be bigger and more expressive and yeah, just like every day was an adventure, just going out of the house. And, but now I'm like, 
you know, you can bring that anywhere where you are, you know, yeah. and, I, and I'm kind of sitting in my house, like, you know, my depression came back up as soon as I got back first few days. I'm like, oh my God, I'm here. And I've never liked it here and just feeling that resistance. So then I wrote down, you know, how do I feel when I'm in New York? What do I love about New York? And, you know, everything's for the feelings. So I looked at the feelings and I'm like, okay, how can I create these feelings every day, even when I'm in Glasgow or wherever I am in the world? Because yeah. I have to be happy wherever I am, even though New York's my favorite place. I'm not going to be there 24 seven my whole life. Yeah. Like I want to tour the world and everything. So it's just, it's genuinely getting to the feelings and how can you create those feelings yeah. every single day of this precious life. But it's also knowing, you know, you can't be happy all the time. Like I said, I'm grateful that I'm not happy here because it's shown me my pain mm -hmm. so that I can heal it, mm -hmm. so that I can evolve. Like, you know, I'm not all about good vibes only. Like, yeah. get away from me with that shit because it's not realistic. Like, no. it, you're actually pushing down your pain and just pretending to be happy. Like, yeah. how are you ever going to heal it if you don't face That's it? Funny. So I had a conversation about unconditional happiness yesterday um, and the idea of unconditional happiness and... It was a, a, I think, was he a monk? Was it mm -hmm. a Buddhist monk? The guy that was talking about the unconditional happiness? No, it's a, it's a, just a spiritual person. And right. he said, if you offered a human being unconditional happiness, the, the average human would say, yeah, I right. want that. But then when you say, well, that means that if everybody around about you dies and you're the only person left on earth, you need to be happy because that is what unconditional, yeah. that's a condition of your yeah. happiness, is right. your family, your house. And human mm -hmm. beings need that. So yeah. the idea that, and I think this is a problem that we are facing in 2018 is that if you're not happy all the time, mm -hmm. then you're depressed in air quotes. And, and it's a bad thing. Like yeah. yeah, but if you have just suffered redundancy, divorce, close death, you should feel depressed. Right. It should be a it's feeling normal. that yeah, you need to heal. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm wondering, after listening to that, that podcast, I was wondering... How is that going to affect us in the future if we are constantly numbing ourselves to pain mm -hmm. when, in mm -hmm. fact, as human beings, we need pain right. to, so that we can experience joy mm -hmm. and appreciate what joy is? Yeah. Um, and yeah, that, that was something that had come up um, just when you're saying like the, the sort of unlimited happiness and right. sort of not acknowledging the painful situations that we find yeah. ourselves in. And, you know, for me, I feel like our our purpose here on earth we came as a soul and we came for our soul to grow and our soul doesn't grow without pain without darkness yeah. like if we're happy all the time how are we ever growing how are we ever changing how are we evolving we're not so our soul's not going to be evolving if there's nothing to help it evolve and <clears throat> i think that's the illusion about enlightened people or spiritually awake people that they're just going to be happy all the time but that's not the case being enlightened awake whatever you want to call it it just makes pain a lot easier because you're able to have that higher perspective mm -hmm. on it rather than becoming consumed by it and identified by it. Like, you know, I, I don't walk around defining myself. I am depressed. I just know when I, when I feel depressed, I go, where is this coming from? Why am I feeling like this? And I can trace it back to something in my childhood because we mm -hmm. came here as pure love. <clears throat> and then things that happen in our childhood yep. is what can take that away. Like, you know, we're told this is what's acceptable. This is what you should be. This is how you're going to gain love. This is what's not acceptable. And no one's going to love you and you're going to be rejected if you do that. So it's like we go into that box and we do something like that. We're rejected. We learn it's not okay to be ourselves and do that thing because mm -hmm. it's not accepted. Yeah. And that's when all of our wounds, and we're all walking about with wounds. Everyone, every human being, yeah. we're all walking about with wounds and we can trigger each other and it can be painful and we can try and defend our wounds. But it's like, you need to get to a place where you stop trying to defend yourself. You actually now recognize when I'm defending myself and I go, why are you defending yourself, Leah? What's the pain that you're trying to cover up? And, and just being unafraid to just get to the depths of myself, like, this year, I feel especially, I have been to the darkest, deepest, most horrible parts of myself. I've been suicidal many times this year. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that, that's like, I'm, I'm just grateful that I'm strong because I know that some people can feel that way and they will just end their life. Whereas I have the higher perspective. I'm like, I'm going to die as Leah Brooklyn anyway. So why would I want to end my life any sooner? Mm -hmm. But, you know, I'm able to recognize, okay, it's not that I want to end my life. It's that I want to be aligned with who I truly am because why people end their lives because they want to get back to source again. Mm. They want to get back to being who they truly are. And if I can just heal the wound 
I can I can get back to being who I truly am and I can change my life. So it's not that we want to end our life. Mm-hmm. We just need to change something in our life yeah. to live a better life. Like, mm-hmm. you know, depression, anxiety, any bad feelings, they are opportunities. They're not um they're not negative things, they're opportunities for us to grow. So it's like changing our mindset about how we feel when we're depressed. It's yeah. like yeah. it's not over. Your life's not over. No. You don't have to kill yourself. You don't have to be in a pit and hide in your bed. I mean, I do recommend doing that for a few days and not feeling guilty about it, letting yourself feel the way you feel, but then, okay, why do I feel this way? How can I change? And literally just forcing yourself to even just go out and exercise, clear your head, start meditating, do something that makes you happy. You really have to force yourself because we can get into that place where we enjoy the pain. We enjoy feeling sorry for ourselves. We enjoy other people feeling sorry for us because it's like we're getting yeah. love. Definitely. So some people learn, you know, the only way they can get love is by being depressed, by being feeling sorry for themselves. Yeah. And people will come flocking with cards and flowers or whatever. But it's like you need to give up the act of being a victim and take responsibility for your own healing mm-hmm. and experience true happiness, not you know temporary you know people mm-hmm. feeling sorry for you kind of love like yeah. all the love we need is within us and it's Absolutely. just up to us to bring that out of ourselves it's almost this it's i think the difference between happiness and peace like enough peace and people want to be happy mm-hmm. and want to be yeah be able to but it comes with being at peace with yourself yeah right you know exactly. I mean? like the whole thing and again as you say it's one of the things i advocate and and we touched on it with our previous guest there mela like the ableism you know a fail coach and it's about you know running into brick walls at full speed and expecting to get through them like mm-hmm. you know it's not always going to be the case but you know you can build, build yourself up and become stronger like right failure pain are all things that make us stronger and that we should embrace and mm-hmm. yeah like it's something that particularly resonates with me it's how i consider as you say you know depression anxiety whatever it is that they should be embraced and you should be all right to feel that yeah. you're still you when you're in these situations it's you know okay I mean? not to be okay yeah. literally Aye. it's as simple as it is yeah. yeah you don't stop being yourself in these situations yeah. you know what I mean? that that makes me actually a wee bit afraid because we're we're, we're going down this road of diagnosing kids mm. with these sort of mental health issues or ill health yeah um and I think that it's in the pursuit of profit because we, we, we're trying to sell drugs and we're getting kids on things like word xanax and yeah and when you're going through those developing years like you had said earlier a lot of trauma comes for your childhood a lot of the long-term sticking trauma comes for your childhood yeah Yeah. and there's a good saying i don't i think it was young or um i think it was young that said that that we're all born prince and princesses but it's our parents and environment that turn us into frogs yeah um that's just that that sort of idea in the, the healing community that all humans start in a base same level yeah nobody's mm-hmm. born like angry nobody's born racist. destructive or no, racist exactly. or yeah. a murderer you get people that will say they were they've always been like that no. and, they, and it's just like it's a no it's a hard this no. is this is like what i've been doing recently not that i've been sticking up for murderers but now it's like i understand murderers i get why they're murderers do you know what i mean hmm. and I, i'm saying that to people I'm like oh my god yeah that's a terrible thing to say i'm like no it's not they started just like us as a baby of pure love mm-hmm. and they maybe had parents that were fucked up and they fucked them up too because mm-hmm. they taught them this is what's right and this is what's wrong mm-hmm. it's all it is all about your environment as a child because you're just looking to other people and learning how to be and 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 it's like you know there's a lot of people that have just closed their hearts to love because they've learned that love is going to hurt them because they're going to try and give out love and it's not going to be accepted and and it mostly stems from their parents like you know say a man you know never got love from his mother as a child Mm -hmm. he will spend his adult life probably maybe overly having sex with females or harming females physically Mm -hmm. or being a rapist or a murderer to the extreme because they see every female as their mum that didn't love them. Mm-hmm. So they're taking it out on them. And until they heal that within themselves, they're never going to actually be yeah. able to have a loving... You know, it's like you don't even have to be in your mum's life. If your mum hurt you as a kid and she's toxic energy, just forgive her energetically. Just be like, I forgive you, mum, for projecting your pain onto me. Because she was also born as a pure, innocent being yeah. of love. And it, do you know what I mean? It's just, it's that cycle. It's like, this is where the cycle ends. I'm going to break this cycle and it's up to me to yeah. heal myself. I'm not blaming my mum anymore. I'm not blaming my dad. I'm not blaming the school system. I'm taking responsibility for my healing. And yeah. it's a fucking hard thing to do. Yeah. You have to be very, very courageous to say, you know, I'm going to do that, to admit, you know, I don't love myself. I need to heal myself because 
it's like we're all out there trying to be perfect pretending we're perfect wearing this mask like nothing's wrong meeting people and just like hiding and and having like and it's weird i can see it in people now because i can read energy like i can see when they're not being real with me and they're trying to hide something it's weird and i used to do the same thing like i i would go and meet up with friends and i wouldn't tell them that i was anxious or anything i would be like oh yeah and this happened and that happened and this do you know what i mean because it's like you're trying to impress each other so that you get acceptance instead of actually just opening up and being real Yep. Mm -hmm. because we've learned that it's wrong to not be perfect yeah Yeah. how do you deal with it because you're very out open on your social media and Mm -hmm. you're very honest and Mm -hmm. i've seen i think we've got maybe one here you've posted pictures of yourself with no makeup and you don't use filters which is yeah um which is a good sort of leading by example i think for other women and um, how do you deal with the, the the negative sides of social media um because you were just saying there about the the masks and we've spoke this yeah. is a common theme on the podcast is this sort of projected reality that people put out them, themselves yeah. um facebook people i've had situations where i've been at parties and there's people that have sat in the corner and they'll say two words to me but then the next day i've woke up and they're tagging everybody right. on their facebook and going i had such a great night with right. my besties right. yeah. they're just sitting thinking i didn't really speak to you last yeah. night where's yeah. that came from yeah um but also there's when you put yourself out there on the internet you yeah. you put yourself out there for both the positive and the negative right. um and i've seen you uh, out people that can come at you with negativity so how do you actually deal with that um and not let it sort of weigh you down yeah i mean first of all i i set boundaries um, which I never used to do before. I was such a people pleaser and would mm. just want everyone to think I was nice and follow everyone. Like it's like some, there's some people I know in person and I have I have love for everyone. Let's just say that everybody. I don't care if you've done me wrong or you're doing me wrong in the present. I love you, but I don't want you in my life. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So you know, there's some people I don't follow on social media that I'll see in person and I have mad love for, but it's like, I don't want to see what you're doing every day. I only follow people on social media that inspire me in some way or, you know, spiritual accounts. So first of all, I I make sure that I've got that so that I don't have to see toxic energy and let it bother me. And and it's not that it it bothers me in a different way now because it bothers me because then I like psychologically analyze people and want to help them because I'm like, I can see why you're doing that. And especially women, like I'm so passionate about helping women and I I feel like I can see clearly when a woman doesn't love herself now. I can see it because I've been there mm-hmm. and it's not me being judgmental. Yeah. Um, but I, I kind of turn judgmental when I don't mean to be because I want to help so much. Um, so I really have to set boundaries for myself and even with answering messages, like all the messages I get, you know, I used to feel like I had to start helping people. Like people would message me with questions like, oh, I need your help with this, 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 that. And I would always answer them and that's my time and energy. So mm-hmm. now um I do like spiritual coaching and I charge for it because that's my gift. Like, okay. whereas before I felt like I had to give it to people just cause. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, like, it's like being a hairdresser or anything. Like, I'm just a, like, it's just a, obviously a majorly different thing. Mm-hmm. Um, But I thought it made me a bad person to not give everybody's, everyone advice that messaged me. But it's like, no, I have to put myself first. I can't drain my own no. energy. Um. You and need to yeah, take just care like, of your own needs as well because yeah, if, exactly. you're, if you're out there and you're like you're writing books and you're giving people advice on spirituality, you, you need to take care of yourself financially. I think that there's there's a lot of the times when people are out there like coaching, for instance. Co- coaching's a word that I love and hate yeah. because a good coach can be impactful and yeah. make change, make radical change in people's lives. But a bad coach can also keep somebody dangling and right. just a wee bit more money to give you the next level right. and the yeah. next level and the next level. So it's yeah. it's a it's a word and a concept this that I both kinda, love and hate. Right. This is kind of what I felt like if I start charging people um for advice and stuff like that, that I would become one of those and it's just about the money. And for a long time I thought it's not spiritual to love money it's not spiritual to want money and I really had to fix that belief within myself because Mm -hmm. I've grew up money is the root of all evil money doesn't come in abundance it's limited be scared of it bills all of this fear around money I've really had to reprogram how I feel about money and the way I see money now is it's an energy exchange you know, like I, I would love to be in a world where we could all trade with each other, but unfortunately it's not realistic because, you know, if I want your house, but I only have 
a bar of chocolate, you're not going to yeah. want to exchange that. That's where money comes in. So it's a good tool. Yeah. So it's like, you know, if I can exchange people, like sometimes I'll make people a jacket if, you know, they have something that I want. And mm -hmm. it's like, I love doing it that way. But, you know, most of the time, it's like there's nothing that you can really exchange with no. me because I don't really want for much. But, you know, your money is just exchanging for my gift. It's just, it's not an evil or a bad thing. It doesn't make me greedy. It's like, I need money to live in this world and this is my gift and this is what I'm sharing. Mm -hmm. Like, I, you know, I'm not, afraid to say that I am going to be a rich woman I am already a rich woman abundantly in spirit mm -hmm. and that is going to manifest in my life because I want to live my best life here I want to help other people it's no longer about my ego and wanting flashy cars and big houses and lavish lifestyles I, that doesn't yeah. I don't care about that anymore but there's a lot of rich people in the world who are not good people and are not doing good with their money and I want to do good with my money. Like if yeah. I have that power, I want to be able to help people. I want to set up self-love schools. Like I want to spread everything that I do as far and wide as possible. And in the world that we live in just now, I need money for that. So yeah, it's like, it's like it's reprogramming your mind. At the start, that you need to be living the modern world and be practical. Aye, right. to be. You can disconnect yourself. So that's going back to what you were saying about your last year. If you, if you don't charge money and, and I get that sort yeah. of principle because I came from a, a working class background, as did Matt. And that was one of the messages I got from my mum was that yeah. money is the root of all evil. Yeah. And it is technically true, yeah. but it's yeah. no really because money is a concept and we've made it ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And it isn't inherently evil. It's the way that we use it. Exactly. The, like it's who's saying, using it or the way it's using thing. it. Yeah. You know, like that. it's a great tool. Like I said, in terms like, of the, the coaching and stuff like that, obviously in previous podcasts, we've touched on the kind of self love thing. It makes yeah. me massively uncomfortable because i know there's work that i need to do in that area right. but one of the things that's been interesting me about obviously yourself is the sort of spirituality that you've been talking about because right. i know we've looked at you know mindfulness and meditation and all the various things that you know can contribute towards a better self but one of the things we've no really touched on is the sort of spiritual side of things so you've said that you had like a spiritual awakening yeah. like have you always been spiritual? Was no. it a light bulb moment? What actually? Because it, yeah. it, it's something I don't personally just, I kind of right. relate to it. Yeah, for me now, I can, <clears throat> it's cool because I can look back on my journey and see the little parts of me who were my true self mm -hmm. through my life. So in school, I guess the, the equivalent to knowing that there was more to life was me walking around. So it would be like in PSE, mm -hmm. um, they would be asking, what do you want to do as a career? And I wrote down, I'm going to be a superstar. And I would get up in class and be like, I'm going to be a superstar singer, dancer, choreographer, actress, fashion designer. And they would all just start laughing at me. And my teacher would be like, um, I think you should do something more realistic. Yeah. You? Have you got a plan B? Like constantly people would tell me, you got a plan B? You got a plan B? Yeah. And I'd be like, no, my plan B is to make plan A happen because I have this one life this precious short life and I ain't settling for something that I don't want. Like mm -hmm. singing lights me up, being on stage lights me up. And that's how I know that's what I'm meant to be doing. So I guess like dreaming big always as a kid and then having people tell me that, that I couldn't do that. And I would be like, but yeah. this person did it and this person did it. What makes them any different from me? Yeah. Um. So I had that through school and I've always been a very positive person as well. I've always been a very caring and loving person, okay. but I learned in school, especially like school is like my hugest amount of pain like wow um but I learned in school that it wasn't a good thing to be nice and caring and loving like that I was weird as fuck like when I wanted to cuddle my friends like she's pure clingy and she's a pure weirdo and and she's probably a lesbian because she wants to kiss me and all that and that's also what stopped me like I came out as bisexual just a few months ago that stopped me from doing okay. that I had to trace that back from learning that when I gave love or compliments to girls like I've always just I've just I love women I admire women and I've always even as a kid been like you're beautiful or mm -hmm. and they would be like oh that's so weird so I learned that it's not okay to be loving and be nice um, so I guess I've always had that in me and I've just always longed for something more. And my catalyst to my spiritual awakening was I was in a relationship from when I was 16 to 18 and then 18 to 21. Um, just before I was 21, actually. And when we broke up, I was like, oh, my God, I haven't had this crazy single clubbing, mm -hmm. getting wrecked, having sex with a bunch of boys kind of life that everyone my age has. 
And I felt like I was missing out. I didn't particularly want that. Yeah. But I thought that I did because everyone else was doing it and it made me weird that I hadn't done that yet and I better just do it. Yeah. Um. So like I got a job in a nightclub, which I loved at the time because I didn't have self-love. And when I was going to a nightclub and all these boys were giving me attention, like boys have never liked me. All through school, any boy I had a crush on, Leah's fat, Leah's ugly, okay. Leah's the hanger on. Like I was, I felt like I was, disgusting every time i went home i would look at myself in the mirror and be like oh my god i asked my mom if i could get a nose job a boob job everything i really hated myself um and i learned that from other people okay you can have to remind me where i was <laughs> just about your spiritual awakening and kind of where that came from right okay so yeah oh so i started working in a nightclub loved all the attention i got off boys and everything like that it, it was it was exactly what i needed at that point in my life and then i went out to Magaluf. Okay. Where I'd never wanted to go. Like I seen everyone going party holidays and everything, and I'd be like, "Oh, that's so gross. I never want to do that." Mm -hmm. So it was like everyone that I was working with, they were all doing that kind of thing. And I was like, "Fuck it, I'm just gonna go do it and just have sex with who I want and be like a man and just one night stands and all that." Like, fuck it, I'm yeah. gonna love it. It kind of forced myself to want to love it. So my intention, I think, was to go out there for three months. I lasted three weeks. Okay. First week, I had a great time because I was drunk out of my face, just sleeping with random boys just mm -hmm. for approval, like literally just to feel good enough. Like if a boy fancied me and they wanted to sleep with me, that meant that I was good enough or that that I was worthy yeah. or that they even loved me. Like that is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was starting to get treated like an absolute sexual object. I was I, I was doing PR work and my boss was asking me to get my tits out, to get customers in. I was about to get sacked from one of my jobs and the, the manager who was like three times my age was like, I won't sack you if you fuck me in this closet oh, right now. And they were all asking me how many people I'd slept with. And when I said it was only two, they were like, okay, you can sleep with him, 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 and then him. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, no, like I at least was in control of choosing who yeah. I slept with. But I was just like, man, I can't do this. I was longing to have a deep conversation with someone. I didn't, apart from my roommate that I was with, I didn't have deep conversations. Okay. I was just like, I'm done with this. Like, this is meaningless. Like, I can't be here any longer. And actually, that's when I was planning on going out to New York to meet that guy. So I went out to New York to meet that guy, felt, oh my God, so deeply in love, deeper than I ever have, even in my three-year relationship where okay. we were going to get married. This guy took over me and I, I came back to Glasgow from being with him for a week and he was all I could think about eat, sleep and breathe. I wanted to kill myself because I wasn't with him. Mm. I was drinking bottles of vodka, lying on the floor, crying. I'd made like a playlist of songs that reminded me of him, just playing it on repeat, okay. screaming, having panic attacks. And this lasted, I don't even know how long, I think like eight months. Wow. Eight months. And my mum was just obviously terrified. Like I was eating so much. I was just like... And so much, I just remember every day I was in so much pain. Like yeah. I'd hardly had any happiness because all I was thinking about was him and the fact that I wasn't with him and that he didn't want me because he just stopped talking to me. Um, and it just really fucked me up. But it was the best thing that ever happened well, to me yeah. because I got to the deepest hole that I've ever been in and was like this close to going to doctors to get on medication because I thought something was wrong with me, um, to see a counselor or whatever. And it was like, suddenly something just switched within me and um i think it was a video about a pineal gland that started it for me okay. um a video about like someone sent it to my mom who sent it to me and it was like activation secrets for the pineal gland um and it's called the seat of the soul the pineal gland so when you talk to your pineal gland you know you're in tune with your soul and i it was just like something clicked within me like oh my god this is what's been hidden from us this whole time okay. and from there it was just like down the rabbit hole as they say like different books um just different healing coming up and I, I can't even explain what's happened but since then so that was like three years ago these past three years like oh my god like I've became myself yeah I had to take away all the layers of who that I'm told that I am and who that I'd built myself to be and actually find myself. And I would say it was at some point last year, I really found myself, but this year has been like properly, like properly, like when I wrote my book, I was, I was so depressed and I'd went to this, um, it was kind of like a Tony Robbins thing, but it wasn't, it was like someone, 
not less than him, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Less known. Mm -hmm. um, but it was the same kind of thing and I really needed it. And I'd wanted to write a book for a while. Um, you know, like when I was younger, I'd be like, oh, I'll be a famous singer. Then I'll be a fashion designer. Then I'll come out with a book about my story and like thought life had mm. to happen a certain way and it's went the complete opposite way. Um, but I've always been like, since in my journey, I want to write a self-love book because I've realized the power of self-love and, you know, you hear outside, like, you know, self-love is selfish. You shouldn't love yourself. Like mm -hmm. loving yourself is a bad thing. And I'm like, I really need to reteach this because this is what saved my life yeah. and allowed me to find who I really am and my power that we all hold. So I was like, you know, one day I'll write a self-love book one day. Yeah. Um, and I was sat at this conference and the guy said, does any of you have a book within you? And I just automatically felt it speaking to me. And I was like, me, I want to write a book. And he's like, you should just do it. Like, mm -hmm. You, this life is so precious just yeah. force yourself to do it and that's why i did it in two months because i'm like okay let's break this down into chapters what are the th the main things that help me find who i am and i, I put it as a sort of beginner's kind of level like even yeah. if you've not had a spiritual awakening you're not spiritual in any way you're gonna understand this book nope. i didn't go too deep with it it's just uh -huh. like a guide and you know i'll probably write more and go a bit deeper um or I might not write any ever again. Like I, I'm, I'm not like an author or a spiritual teacher. Like I said, I've always wanted mm -hmm. to be a performer, but this is just part of my gifts and part of my plan for my time here. So, see, I don't get a talent for naming books. It's pretty much the best name for you. <laughs> so, I, the book's so called "How to Be a Fucking Unicorn." Do um, you know? I think it was my mum that 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 my mum has a lot of messages for me. Like she channels a lot of things and goes, "This is for you, Leah. This is for you." Mm -hmm. And sometimes I'm not at the point to receive it. And I think one day she said to me, "Leah, you should call your book How to Be a Fucking Unicorn." And I was like, "Why though? Like, why?" Do you think your mum's been a person? Because I've, I, re I read in the book that your mum runs and owns a hair salon like beauticians yeah it's thing. permanent makeup she does yeah okay. um, do you think your mum's been somebody that's been because that's a, that's that's creative in itself right but do you think she's been more creative and that's why she's tried to cultivate that in you and it... i think also that it was kind of the opposite like my mum's been a great guide for me and always encouraged me to follow my dreams and everything but i you know i worked for her for a long time which i mentioned in the book and while i was working for her like being honest with you i was fucking miserable but i stayed because i got good money it was a safe job like i was working yeah. for my mum. my mum was my boss which was kind of hard as well because we would come home and she would still be my boss and we'd fight with each other but i was miserable being a receptionist typing and doing emails and stuff i was doing nothing creative and it was every day i had such a headache and i was just miserable and i constantly wanted to leave but i left exactly the, the right timing but it's been like me rebelling as well because you know people would say to me are you gonna follow in your mum's footsteps because my mum's became like somewhat of a legend in like glasgow and scotland she's like the biggest name in our industry and mm -hmm. you know a lot of people know who she is and they would always put that pressure on me like you're gonna follow your mum's legacy you're gonna take over the business and i'd be like i'd really be resistant and be like no <laughs> That's not my gift. That's my mum's gift. Like, I'm a singer. I'm a performer. My mum can't sing for shit. No offence, <laughs> mum. But, like, we're all given different gifts. I am not my mum. And it was that rebel of, I am not my mum. Because mm -hmm. I felt like there was so many people around me trying to craft me into her. Mm -hmm. And then that also made me push my mum away for a long time. Because I'm like, I don't want to be you. I don't want to be you. I want to be me. Mm -hmm. So even though she has been, she's more my best friend now since I've had my spiritual awakening because she she had one as well and it was like it kind of happened at the same time. So we've been, you know, each other's rock as okay. well through the healing process. And I don't know what I'd do if she, if she hadn't had an awakening because she would probably have me in a psycho unit by now, like telling people I'm from an, another star system and all that. She'd be like, what's happened to you? Yeah. So I'm so like blessed. Like that was obviously planned before I came here. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, it was that rebellion of I'm not going to do what my mum does. So, yeah. you know, I eventually said, like, I'm quitting my job to follow my dreams. And that's what I've been doing since then. That was last June I quit. Mm. Yeah. Um, when you talk about spirituality, do you come from a religious family? No. No. Because I don't I see, like, I mean, I think for me, religion comes from outside of you spirituality comes from mm -hmm. within um do you think that we've get that mixed up because i mean i love this term i'm a recovering i'm a recovering catholic <laughs> yeah um I, I, I say it as much as i can to people just say to them i'm a recovering catholic um but i grew up rebelling against a religion because 
for me, organized religion is just bullshit. It's right. just nonsense. Forget right. it. The Bible, they're, they're tales that are meant to guide people, um, but they're nothing more. No. Rules made by men. Yeah. 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 And you're I putting the power outside of yourself. You're expecting someone else to save you. Like, mm-hmm. you know, Jesus is my yeah. savior. <clears throat> Whoever's my savior, your savior is actually within you. Yep. And to me, now that I see, I, I do believe everyone that is spoken about was a real thing at some point like mm-hmm. buddha jesus muhammad i believe they were all real but what i believe they are is just a reflection of us they're the greatest us that is within us yeah. like mm-hmm. they're just showing us this is what we are we mm-hmm. are all gods but then you know it's got mixed up and and it's now being like no jesus is my god allah's my god yeah. buddha's my god mm-hmm. but it's like no buddha is within you yeah allah's within you mm-hmm. like you just have to find that and that's what that's what i think jesus was doing jesus was saying i found god within myself yeah. like hear this i mean like i was a born again christian at one point in my life which i'm glad i I experienced because at least I have that perspective um but yeah I was going to church and pretending that I felt something I was like why is God not speaking to me and he's speaking to everyone else and it was kind of a place where you know my mum was in a um a really violent relationship at the time that was our escape we were looking for help yeah and Mm -hmm. someone brought us along to church so it was like that was a safe place for us to go Mm -hmm. and we but we didn't believe any of it and you know, it got to a point in my life where I was like, I don't want to go to church anymore. Like yeah. this isn't me. Yeah. But now I, I kind of see that. But I don't. Re- I don't ever. You know, I think at the beginning of my awakening, um, I was so determined to like spread the truth about religion. But now it's like that's my truth. If someone chooses to believe in a religion and it makes them happy yeah. and it makes them the best version of themselves, then fucking good on you. Keep mm-hmm. doing what makes you the Absolutely. best version of you, whether that's religion, whatever it is. See if it's making you have inner peace or whatever it is but you know for me i see religion just having us all fight with each other and yep. feel like yeah. we're separate when we're actually mm-hmm. one it's missing the message uh, the whole religion thing is that you know the universal message is generally going to just chill the fuck out and be cool you know what i mean like jesus yeah. or this love is each other just some of and be cool that's it and how, that how can you claim to be a fundamentalist christian <laughs> that's an oxymoron that doesn't start with love right. and and in fact, is actually destroying things yeah. around about yeah, them. Yeah. Um, like the American fundamentalist Christians, that the neoconservatives that bombed Iraq, yeah. for instance, for no other reason other than, well, what they wanted rid of Saddam Hussein. Yeah, yeah. How can they? How can they claim to be a Christian if they don't come for that place of love right. first and foremost? Yeah. Yeah. Because that is what the religions built up on. Religion. I'm the. I'm. I'm similar to you, where I, I want to break people's beliefs and religions but then mm. I've, you also need to recognize that that is that person's way yeah you have to respect it, that you can't, it's like it's it's like you know i just see it now like i'm not trying to change people anymore in any way like um i just want to be me yeah. and live my truth and yep. if you're inspired by that fucking great yeah. i'll share it with you but if you're not keep going on your path i'll keep going on mine and that's yep. again why i don't take anything personally because people look at me from their beliefs their views their religions or whatever and it is like you know like i said in the beginning like this is a great book by the way if you've not read it or any of the listeners haven't read it the four agreements by don miguel ruiz that changed my life but basically it's like we're born like i said as pure beings of love and then we're told this is your name this is your nationality this is your religion this is what you believe in this is what's right and this is what's wrong and you know there's a lot of people that are not being themselves they're being what they've told to be yeah. and religion's a huge part of that because it's like oh i was born into it this is who i am but it's like but did you choose it <laughs> mm-hmm. no do you know what i mean yeah, so 100 yeah, that's a huge part with religion as well and it's like uh, people push down their pain still with religion like you're not if you're not going within you are going to keep doing tos- toxic things mm-hmm. but if your religion helps you go within and find who you are awesome yeah but if it doesn't if it keeps telling you to like have that escape it's like an escape escape to church escape, like go and sin at the weekend and then go and beg for forgiveness do you know what i mean it's like yeah like confession is <laughs> one of the things that's almost making it okay to be to not follow your religion as long as you come back yeah, to your religion it you know, and, yeah. and, and, and at a time when we talking you know the catholic church put a pretty good backstop in with confession because you know you've got basically spiritual <clears throat> absolution you know what i mean mm-hmm. so you can kill and maim and 
you know, abuse and whatever else happens to be. But if at the end of you go, look, man, I'm really sorry. Like, <laughs> it's, it's all good. Don't worry about it. It's like the idea that if somebody comes in when you're dying and says, right, it's okay, don't worry about it, that, oh, that's what you're you need. You're going to go to heaven. I'll just do what I want for my full life as right. long as the priest comes in just <laughs> yeah. before I die and tells Call me. Call my autobiography, right. yeah. deathbed confessional. I yeah. definitely, yeah. But no. for me, that, that idea of religion and the way I grew up with religion, yeah. um, made me rebel against spirituality right because you thought it was the same th- thing that was yeah. that was it that that was spirituality and, right. and i think that um sort of love needs to be cultivated and it needs to be nurtured it's like a, it's like a plant and I, th- I think that if i'm good to matt and matt is good to you and then you're good to whoever yeah then that is how we cultivate yeah. sort of good right. feelings and peace and love and all these different bits and pieces but in a modern world like you're saying that idea is almost seen as like <clears throat> batshit crazy. <laughs> crazy happy shit. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like happy clappy. Right. Um right. And that's been is, called that many a time. <laughs> yeah. Happy clapper. And that is what that is why I never really went into spirituality. Right. Um, Obviously, when I rejected religion, I also rejected spirituality because yeah. as you say, pretty much up until about forty five seconds ago, I pretty much considered them the same thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> awesome. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, <laughs> I never really thought about the two separately. Yeah. You know what, I mean? what you were saying about the pineal glands interesting because um it, you were saying earlier on about back to source. Mm-hmm. So do you have you took DMT, magic mushrooms, are you like I like haven't um and... I smoke weed, um, but I don't need it. Yeah. To have a spiritual experience. Mm-hmm. Um I found it within myself and it's like, you know, DMT and things like that, you know, they they just assist you with doing things like mm-hmm. that. I think you can definitely do it without it, but it does help. And I do have the intention of one day of trying it when my mm. soul tells me it feels right. Yeah. Um, I don't cut it out because I, I know that it's not a drug, a bad drug. Like I know mm-hmm. the difference between. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. naturally occurring chemical in your brain. Well, it sits in exactly. your pineal gland, so and yeah. it releases just before you die. So yeah, and and it's like when you deca- decalcify your pineal gland, you get to release that natural DMT, which yep. is what I've experienced in, in connecting with my higher self. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I believe we're multidimensional beings and I have experienced other dimensions. Okay. And it's the higher dimensional me that sends me messages to the lower dimensional me. Okay. And visuals? I guess you could call that God. Have you had visuals? Yeah, I have like visuals, mess- but it's mostly just like instinctive messages mm-hmm. and then I'll just yeah. take action on it. Mm-hmm. Um, Something that we had on about that I've not released yet, um, but I'm sure I'll release before we put this one out, um, was a transcendental, transcendental meditation. Transcendental. Expert. Transcendental. Right. Yeah, there we go. I just think about transcending. Uh, right, yeah, right. Transcending and, um, ego. She had said the exact same thing that yep. you had said that hallucinogenics are a way of yeah. getting to a place where you can get through meditation, right. through just like a quick it's just a kind way of thing. It's just a way of getting you there. Yeah. Um, and if you're ever looking for any DMT, I'm sure I could sort it for you. <laughs> <laughs> um so we're we've got about ten minutes left. Okay. Um it's been a really interesting conversation. But I would like to know a wee bit mm-hmm. more about like the goddess awakening stuff that you do. Okay. Um because I'd seen that you were doing some days before you left for New York. And yeah. then I think you've got some coming up as well. Yeah, so I do them with um my friend Jen. I was on her podcast yesterday and she yeah, was on my podcast. She was telling last me the other day so, when yeah. she was round. I but... literally sat and spoke for an hour and a half with, with <laughs> Jen saying about 10 words and I was like, I'm so sorry. But she's like, no, no, that's great. <laughs> I love her. She's so sweet. Yeah. So, like, we've teamed up and, you know, originally in the beginning, it was like, it's kind of a balance between the two of us. Like, okay. you know, I was in the papers earlier this year because, uh, you know, I believe I'm from another star system and I know some people could see me as batshit crazy um and she's a bit more grounded and normal and can connect to a different audience than me so it's like us coming together is awesome and we're both authors um but the goddess awaken is just it's a movement that's gonna be worldwide and it's just gonna be it's about you know you know i agree with feminism in a way but this is like a new feminism that's for everyone Mm -hmm. like this is for me, the real feminism, it's, it's about the divine feminine within all of us. Like we all came from a woman. We all actually started as a woman. Okay. Like men only become men. I can't, I can't remember how long into the post, but we're all women basically. And I, I believe that balance is so important within all of us, even with men. And, you know, what's in 
power in the world right now is actually toxic masculinity. Mm, yep. um, and you know, a lot of people, it's men in charge. It's actually not men in charge. It's toxic men, which is yeah. not good. And I believe the healing of toxic masculinity is the rising of divine femininity. So, um, you know, my vision for the Goddess Awakened is about teaching self-love and, and divine feminine within all of us and being in tune with that. And also the divine masculine. Like I really had to build that within myself. Okay. Um, cause I was a bit too feminine, mm-hmm. um, and, and hadn't had that, that masculine side of myself. So it's, yeah, it's, it, it's for everyone, even though it's the goddess awakened, yeah. it's about activating that side of you for everyone. So it's like all of our events, um, men can come too. Um, but they are all self-love based because I truly believe self-love is the healing of the world. And so does Jen. So, um, we're really just teaching women and men and it has been women so far to love themselves and you know I only know how to teach that because I've been through it you know I'm not spouting some shit that I've just maybe learned online and like I've actually done it for myself and I know who I was and who I am now Mm -hmm. and therefore I can relate to you know most of women I know what the, the 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 struggles women go through are the 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 expectations of of looks especially especially mm. with the kardashian stuff around just now it's, yeah. it's a fucking hard time to be a woman mm-hmm. um so i just want to help women love who they are whatever that means to them um you know i feel like a lot of feminism puts you in a box and it's whatever it means to you to be a female like you don't have to not shave your armpits you don't have to dress like a man or you don't have to mm. hate men or mm-hmm. do you know what i mean like whatever it means to you to be the best woman you can be and have the, the, the balance of the divine feminine in you. Like that's what I want to mm-hmm. teach. So, so do you think that uh, radical feminism or what we consider feminism in 2018, because this is, th- this is kind of like my opinion is the strive to push women to be more like men. Yeah. It's not about the, the flourishment yeah. of women being women. It's right. about, women pushing men out and being as powerful as men we can do what Uh, men can do actually you shouldn't be doing that because we have both for a reason the divine masculine is good at certain things and so the divine feminine and also having the balance of them both it's not about Mm -hmm. we're like we we don't want that we need the rise in the divine feminine in the world that's why the world's the toxic masculinity is what's i believe destroying the world within human beings like mm-hmm. and it's the rising of mother nature mother earth motherly nurturing loving energy that we all need to embrace and and you know like you said like saying we can do what men can do it's just like and also i have to say something that's um gonna be very controversial okay. but i don't believe in equality i believe women are superior because women bring love life onto the fucking planet and like i said we all start as a woman so i think it's not even about equality it's about knowing what women are for and what men are for yeah. like and mm-hmm. in, in the divine ways allowing, allowing men and women to do the same job yeah for the res- same pay respect each other and the uniqueness of each individual um, right mm-hmm. like yes of course women can do what men can do but like we have we have both energies for a reason. We have to help each other and complement each other and unite. So it's like, I don't believe in equality, but I believe in fucking unity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I believe in unity. Yeah. I think that, that um, if, if you get into the actual detail of equality and uh, what people are striving for, I think that definitely go and try and have equality opportunities like all men and all women should have the same opportunities yeah. in life right. and the same educational opportunities whatever you want to do you should yeah, be able to do it exactly but to force equality as in if you have five men working in the fire brigade and the police and the army you need to have five women it won't work mm-hmm. it just won't work yeah. because it will cause an imbalance in itself right. that, that equality doesn't doesn't actually rear its head anywhere in nature yeah so i think that for me when i I look at these things something that i've started to do is think about where does this occur in nature Mm. um i know it sounds stupid but in the jungle like does the lion and the lioness have a quality no like Mm -hmm. because they are both there to do a different job yeah um and i'm 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 way on that like i think that the the radical feminists are Mm -hmm. looking at what men have got which is power yeah and they want that power right but they don't they're not realizing that it's actually it's destroying women it's Mm -hmm. it's actually like it's destroying everything well it's destroying everything it's the equilibrium between men and women is completely fucked just now and men are 
thinking that it, what it means to be a man is to go and punch fuck at somebody <laughs> in the street and women think no. that Toxic as, a woman, as a woman I should be trying to get into the boardroom and dominate men no and it just it seems a bit sort of like off to me and right. I think that like you had said that you need men need to tap into their femininity and women need to tap into their masculinity kind of right. like the yin and the yang a woman should be majority like femininity with a touch of masculinity yeah, and a man balance. should be totally to- yeah. majority masculine with a touch so that sort of chaos and order and order and chaos yeah so what type of things do you think that a man can do to tap in because this is something i always ask people right um how does a man tap into his feminine side how does a woman tap into her masculine side mm-hmm. without it becoming too much or too toxic yeah i think you have to first you know find what that means to you okay um because i think even like with feminism like they're rebelling against women being mothers and being housewives and stuff but some women love being a mother and a housewife that's their divine feminine it's certainly not my divine feminine but it's theirs um so it is respecting that each woman is an individual and what makes her feel happy like i feel best as a woman when i'm wearing a suit and cowboy boots which is pretty masculine but that makes me feel my best self yeah. as a woman mm-hmm. um so it is fine and works for you but i think the most important thing with men is being in touch with your emotions and knowing that it's okay to cry like mm-hmm. boys don't cry um you know like you're gay you're a poof which obviously is not a bad thing at all but mm-hmm. it, it makes it makes men who are straight resistant because they think it's a bad thing to yeah. be gay so i'm not gonna cry because that makes me gay which they've learned as a child is a bad thing mm. or wearing pink or something like that is like all these weird beliefs that we've put in our head need to be shattered like men are human beings just as much as women are and men cry just as much as women do like for me now like like with a partner like I have to be with a man who's in touch with his feminine energy and whatever way that is to him but I have to be with a man who can be emotional around me who can be completely expressive in every way and not be ashamed to cry or want to lean on my shoulder want me to give him a cuddle and make him feel better like you know it's kind of learned like men need to kind of build up all their emotions and just like put them all away and maybe fight it out or go and have a drink and forget about it and if you actually talk about it it's like oh you're getting a bit deep there like yeah i I feel like men are afraid of that part of themselves because they think it makes them weak but i actually think it makes you so much stronger if i see a man who's being emotional i think he's way stronger than a man who's going out punching in the street to get all these emotions out rather than actually just opening up and and crying Mm -hmm. Um, it freaks people out though because i mean in this last year I've had emotional conversations with Matt. I've had emotional conversations with other friends. I've had a couple of friends go through breakups and right. what and, and just life, just life in general. Yeah. And, um, and when you almost when you lead by that sort of example and you, and you and you encourage the emotions to come out, you can actually see the discomfort in somebody. Yeah. yeah. But it only ha- it only exists for so long. Yeah. And then eventually that breaks down. It's like not being just... afraid of that uncomfortable place, not being afraid of being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Being vulnerable is yep. so strong. It's so strong. And like I said, I learned in school that being vulnerable made me weak and made me unwanted and unworthy. Now I'm like being vulnerable makes you so, and that's why I cry so openly on my Instagram and my vlogs. I've got one vlog where I'm like so depressed the whole vlog and I'm crying about how I feel. Mm -hmm. People are afraid to show that side of themselves and want to show like I'm in LA and I'm having such a good time. But like, you know, I'm in LA and I'm seeing that my friend just died and I've not been able to like really comprehend it but it's like you know hiding that emotional part of yourself and putting that fake persona on social media i don't want a fake yeah. i don't have a fake social media i share what i want to share and i share like if i want to say something and i've got no makeup on or i look a riot i'll just say it anyway because i'm like i don't care what people think of me anymore i don't need anyone to no. fancy me i love myself i know that i'm hot like i do you know what i mean i feel good about myself inside and out and i'm not afraid of what people think about that mm-hmm. whereas like you know in the past i thought i was so ugly i didn't love myself so i wouldn't dare put anything on any social media of anyone seeing me in any sort of like yeah spotty or no makeup on or whatever but it's like we're human beings for god's sake like mm-hmm. you're not gonna look and be perfect all the yeah, time you're gonna possible. have bad days and good days and show all of it because it makes other people 
like that's what a lot of people say to me like it makes me feel so much better seeing yeah. you be just real like people know that i'm real like, i'm not putting on this fake um i had a spiritual awakening i'm so perfect i'm happy all the time and mm -hmm. i'm like no this is how i felt today i mean sometimes i'll keep to myself because it's my life like i don't want to yeah, share everything i, ha I had you know to give I mean? myself boundaries but it's like if i want to share something i feel it's going to help someone I'll share it and I'll be so vulnerable. I was just crying on my live last week because I started doing the live and this guy came on and started like picking on me. Okay. And I felt vulnerable just going into the live, but then it reminded me of my childhood because I always had boys, um, you know, pick on me and like take the piss out of me and stuff. So this boy, I don't even know what he's saying, but basically like, who do you think you are thinking you can heal people? And oh my God, you're so inspirational, like taking the piss. But it was like the way people used to bully me in school yeah. and suddenly... I just started crying and I, was, I wasn't even afraid that he was watching me. I was just like, I need you to see this mm -hmm. because you clearly have pain inside of you that you're trying to project on me for whatever reason I'm, I'm yeah. triggering out of you. But I want you to know that I love you and you're amazing and you are the universe. You're just as great as anyone else. You just need to find that greatness in your, within yourself. And obviously me, you know, projecting my greatness and saying that and being real is really triggering you so you really need to look into that yeah. but also i'm gonna block you because i don't want this shit on my yeah. page mm -hmm. i don't have to put up with your shit like yeah. i really don't mm -hmm. well that's our hour up so i think that's a good don't have to put up with your shit uh, i love you but i'm blocking you fuck off Word. um do you want to just tell people where they can find you i'll put links in on youtube and soundcloud and itunes and all that button. perfect yeah yeah um my instagram page is leah brooklyn same with my soundcloud it's got my music on it and i've got a few other pages that are on my instagram page and my youtube is leah luna or leah brooklyn you'll find me as well which is like my music some vlogs that i did and some talking about spiritual topics which i call luna's lessons i genuinely it's my clothing your leather jackets are fucking outstanding thank you so much i'm so passionate about it i'm so excited yeah, yeah i think the clothes are, are cool um Aye, it's all just, about being you they're just, they're just out there and right aye, it's, it's like don't be afraid to show how fucking amazing you are i just want to spread that in the world like everyone wearing not everyone but like so many people wearing those jackets and spreading love like having positive messages on it and color in the world and yeah like i'm so excited it's a good goal to have thank you yeah, thanks for coming on <laughs> thank you so uh, much for having it's me brilliant. it's been awesome so thanks good thank you so much